Saturday, which means college football. The Big Ten is back and we are set to roll on another PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Ben Brown, once again flying solo, but I think we have some quality guests lined up for this show coming up here in future weeks to discuss uh, gambling and college football with me uh, on these Saturday morning editions of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. So definitely tune in. We got some marquee guests coming up here in future weeks, but for now, I'm going to take it again on this solo trip. So we're going to talk about some college football betting, uh, a few of the bets that are still available based on you know spread movement basically not moving in the direction that I would like to see it happen early in the week. I think I'm going to touch on a couple of the marquee matchups and we can talk about some best DFS players before getting into uh, you know some prize picks options and at the end I'm going to wrap up with my favorite derivative bets for college football that went 2-1 and one last Saturday to get to 10-3 and three on the season. Let's get into it. Four of the five Power Five conferences are in play this weekend, making the return of college football all but complete. The Big Ten kicks off with a showcase game presented by College Game Day, and we have 48 games on tap with 19 of our top 25 teams in action. Minnesota sits just outside of our top 25 according to our ELO rankings, so no matchups actually exist between teams in our top 25 right now. But that is more than made up for with the quantity that we are being given in this College Football Saturday slate. So let's stop by that marquee matchup in the Big Ten. Minnesota has the majority of their offense from last year returning, of course led by Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman, one of the best QB wide receiver duos in the country. This number has held to the opening price given the difficulty in handicapping a game between two teams that have yet to play and are now stepping into a season-defining game. This is basically the spread that we saw throughout the preseason, so there hasn't really been that much adjustment happening to this spread, even though there were some rumors of Minnesota potentially dealing with some COVID-related concerns earlier in the week, but we haven't really seen any news or information regarding that, so it's tough to see uh, any line movement occurring until we actually get some solid or defined news in that situation. The Wolverines have locked in Joe Milton at their starting quarterback position. This 3.5 number has added some juice on the Gophers' side. I think the Gophers definitely have the better offense, especially according to our opponent adjusted grades. They also have the far superior quarterback, and I would say one of the best receivers in the country, and they're at home, and they're still getting 3.5 points. I know spread numbers in general aren't as valuable at the college level as at the NFL level, so I'm kind of leaning towards the Gophers on the money line at plus 140. But I also think 3.5 is probably playable as well on the spread, but that falls just outside of a value according to our green line models. I did pick up some value early in the week with write-ups on Alabama and Iowa State. The numbers basically on both of those teams are no longer available to the point where they'd actually offer any value, so I can't really recommend wagering on those games, even though they are some of the best matchups we have coming up here in Week 8. Another matchup that I am still intrigued by is the showdown in the American between the third-ranked Bearcats and our number one-ranked Mustangs. Quarterback Shane Buchel gives the Mustangs an edge in PFF passing grade to start the season, with SMU averaging .4 EPA per pass attempt in 2020. Bearcat signal caller Desmond Ritter has the same percentage of positively graded throws as negatively graded throws, highlighting his struggles to start 2020. There is this added element of uncertainty surrounding the Bearcats. Of course, they had to you know, postpone or delay their game last week, and it's kind of tough to see how they're going to handle this sort of situation that um, you know, we basically haven't had to experience or handle in previous years. 
It's tough because they've obviously missed some practice time. Maybe they haven't really gotten together that much. There isn't too much information as far as what's been occurring um, on the Bearcats side. So given the relative chaos that the Bearcats have been going through, I do think this is a prime spot to fade them. Getting a better team at less than a field goal spread. I know the market has completely flipped since the opening spread, but I think anything before minus three kind of looks like value here for SMU. So that's definitely the side that I am leaning on uh, in this matchup that could decide the American Conference. Let's move on to some DFS action. We have a 12-game DFS slate coming up here on DraftKings. Four games are at 52.5 game totals or below and are basically unplayable from a DFS perspective. I guess if there's a certain wide receiver dart throw or something you're looking at, you can probably put those put that one player in your lineup, but I don't really think there's going to be too much opportunity in any of those four games. There are five games sitting between 59 and 62 game totals, and there are, you know, some decent opportunities, I think, that exist. I think Clemson uh, is looking, you know, somewhat unplayable in this range as 46-point favorites over Syracuse. I know North Carolina is over two touchdown favorites against their rival NC State. Maybe that game plays a little closer. You know, you got the rivalry game, um, those sorts of opportunities. So that's one that could, you know, definitely be under the radar. I do think there's um, some borderline other opportunities in this range as well. I do, I do, I don't mind Oklahoma TCU. I think Florida State, Louisville is kind of intriguing as well. I know both quarterbacks are pretty dynamic with their legs as well as the passing game. So there could be some more points being scored in that matchup. And then we have Baylor versus Texas. I'm not quite sure uh, how the market's going to handle this particular game. I think it might be one that I'm uh, moving away from and kind of targeting some of these higher top end games where we have, you know, higher game totals, which is basically the three at the top could be Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn, Mississippi. It's kind of interesting that we have two SEC games leading the way for game stacks in college DFS, but I guess this is kind of the new normal that we are experiencing in 2020. The question becomes, will Alabama get a full run or are they going to be basically done after three quarters? I think if they are able to play all four quarters and the Foles are capable of keeping it close, I think we definitely have some viable game stacks happening for the Crimson Tide. I think the usual suspects of Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle paired with Mac Jones are going to definitely be, um, you know, decent plays and they're ones that are definitely popping up in my blow-up model for DFS wide receiver performances. I think Josh Palmer is probably the best option if you're looking for that run-it-back type stack um, coming up here in DFS, but after his three-target, one reception, and 11-yard performance against Kentucky, I don't necessarily feel great about rolling him into a bunch of lineups. I do think the Auburn stack is going to be popular with Bo Nix and Anthony Schwartz, who have been producing quite a bit, quite a bit recently from a fantasy perspective. I think Elijah Moore is the clear run-it-back option in this scenario. I do think that Jonathan Mingo is probably a little more under-the-radar play and could be a viable option, especially if you decide to go with the double stack, get Ole Miss in there with Matt Corral as well. I do think Hendon Hooker is probably a viable option for Virginia Tech. If so, I'm kind of looking at guys like Tavion Robinson over James Mitchell if I'm going to go with a Virginia Tech stack. I think Robinson's a guy that has been popping up in my blow-up model again, so he's definitely one that I'm kind of liking in this situation. A few other players on the blow-up model list that I haven't mentioned yet. At the top of the salary range, there's Tylen Wallace, of course. Once again, he's been on it basically the whole season. I do know Iowa State basically sits seventh in the Big 12 and our opponent adjusted defensive rankings, but this total is quite low, so it is kind of, um, you know, a little bit interesting, a little bit dicey to basically be targeting a bunch of pass catchers um, with probably limited upside in this matchup. So I think I'm probably leaning away, leaning away from Tylen Wallace in this game. 
Taj Harris is once again a fixture on this list, but of course has a brutal matchup against Clemson. I think Seth Williams is also popping up in the model. He could be a viable, you know, double stack option in that Auburn passing attack. So that's another situation that I'm definitely getting on board with. Chikari Robinson is a strong play in the lower mid tier and what could turn into a shootout for the home dog if Wake, if Wake Forest is able to keep it close. I do think Robertson could definitely have a decent game in that scenario. I think if you're looking at some of that bottom of the barrel pricing, I don't mind Ramal Keaton. Um, if things get wild against Alabama, I do think he's a guy that could help the volunteers, you know, kind of keep pace with the Crimson Tide. Thaler Thomas is also an intriguing option for me. Again, if North Carolina State can keep pace with the Tar Heels, I do think that he's going to be uh, part of the reason why. So he'd definitely be a viable um, DFS option in that scenario. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real-time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Now we got to touch on one of my favorite parts about Saturdays and that is prize picks. It's a site that lets you parlay different fantasy performances and if you sign up using promo code PFF, we're going to get you some free money to begin wagering with. I think there are definitely some viable plays for Saturday on prize picks. One that I'm kind of looking at is Javante Williams or Michael Carter. I do think one of these are definitely going to go under their lofty fantasy projection total in that Tar Heels backfield. I have to lean towards Michael Carter in this situation. I do think under 18 fantasy points is probably a realistic expectation for him. I don't really think he's you know necessarily all that involved in the passing game, and I'm not sure that he's going to see over 15 rushing attempts like he has the last two weeks. So this is definitely a spot where I'm leaning under, and I do think that's probably a viable play. So Michael Carter under 18 fantasy points. Um, I went with this one last week, and I, he didn't get me home, but I am going to go back to the well with Travis Etienne, over 25.5 fantasy points. Uh, my projections actually have him at 32 fantasy points, so I do think there's definitely some wiggle room. I do think he's probably in a pretty good spot here to smash this week. I do like his volume projection, of course, even if he is only able to get, you know, two and a half, three quarters of actual run in, but I don't think the Tigers are necessarily going to be throwing the ball as much as they have in previous weeks. So I do think this could be a week where Travis Etienne is kind of stealing that show for the Clemson Tigers. The final segment before we wrap is a brief chat on some derivative bets for Saturday. These have been hot to start the season. Again, we're 10-3. and um, It's been going quite well. So I'm only going to give these out to our loyal podcast listeners. I was kind of tweeting them out to begin the year, but I think uh, we're going to be keeping this one in the pod here going forward. So definitely check this out before you lock in some of those bets coming up here on Saturday morning. I got four viable plays for you. Kansas State over 17.5. Obviously, they go up against in-state rival Kansas. I do like this probably better in the first half. So yeah, Kansas State 
over 17 and a half first half points. Our model kind of leans towards the over. Of course, it is, you know, a lower total at 46.5, but I kind of lean towards Kansas State covering. I kind of lean towards the over getting there, and I do think that Kansas State, the Wildcats, are going to start off kind of hot here. I do think they're probably going to get over that 17 and a half first half total here relatively easily. Um, another spot that I like, Tennessee under 22.5 for a full game. Uh, our model leans just a little bit towards the under 66 for a full game total. And we kind of see, you know, Alabama probably covering at 21 and a half points. I know I wrote up 21 points earlier. We did move off, uh, you know, somewhat of a key number on 21 there to get a little bit of value. But I do think that the Crimson Tide are probably going to roll in this situation. I don't think the Volunteers are going to keep pace. So them being under 22 and a half. Uh, for a full game total is definitely a viable play as well. Another one that I like, Georgia State under 33.5 for full game as well. Again, um, I think this is probably a pretty decent matchup in the Sun Belt between Georgia State and Troy. We have Troy is a little bit better of a team overall, and of course that's what um, you know the betting market also agrees with, Troy being basically a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup. We actually lean towards Troy to probably cover this situation, so there is some value on betting Troy straight up. Um, but another way to kind of navigate this could also be taking Georgia State under 33.5 for the full game total. I think that the under is probably definitely in play here. And if Troy covers, I do think that Georgia State's definitely going to get under that total. So um, from that perspective, I do like Georgia State under 33.5 points. One other one I like, it's a little bit dicey, of course, because, uh, you know, Kentucky's been pretty decent defensively. They are fifth overall in the SEC, according to our opponent, adjusted defensive rankings. But I kind of like Missouri over 10 first half. They've been, um, you know, a decent team offensively, basically, to start the season. I think they're sitting at 0.15 EPA per pass attempt. Uh, you know, basically dead even as far as quarterback ranking between these two teams. Um, of course, Terry Wilson isn't necessarily throwing the ball that much. I do know Kentucky kind of averages 57% of their um, total offensive plays are for run plays. So from that perspective, that might slow the game down a little bit. But I do think that uh, Missouri is probably able to get over this 10 first half team total. So that's definitely a spot that I'm liking as well. So four plays for you in the derivative market. Kansas State over 17 and a half first half. Tennessee under 22.5 full game. Georgia State under 33.5 full game, Missouri over 10 first half. Let's make it happen. So that's kind of been a wrap basically on the, another edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We touched on this week eight slate of college football action, got a little DFS chat and prize picks plays down before touching on, you know, some more of those derivative bets that have been pretty hot to start the season. The A-Team is back tomorrow for a Sunday-filled edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast with player props, NFL locks, everything else that you come to expect from George and Eric. So with that, I'm going to leave you with, um, you know, have fun sweating out the college football games. It's back. It's better than ever. we got the Big Ten. The Pac-12 is going to be on tap here soon. So get some of those bets in action. I hope you run as pure as you can. Thank you. Bye.